Hi, I'm Danny Swanson, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. No Doug Perry this week. He's got Ryder Cup fever. I think that's how his message came through to us anyway. I'm sure it's the golf that he's talking about which I would have been watching as well if there was any point. It looks like the Yanks have got this one done and dusted, but you're not here for the golf talk. You're here for our upbeat East Fife chat, and I'm sure we will have a lot of that on tonight's show. Why would we not? But before we get to that, let's just hear, as always, from this episode's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold, Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Thanks as always for the the support of the guys there and yeah, definitely get involved. It's great to have the community football club doing so well. Nice to have anything connected with these five doing well at the moment because the the first team certainly aren't and we don't want to to try and have a repeat of the the last two shows because I know last week's was a bit of deja vu it's a bit different this week because there were some positives to take from it but ultimately a 2-0 defeat to Clyde on Saturday afternoon I'm going to put my hand up now and say I was wrong Doug Perry was right. That sticks in my throat to say that. He said the board wouldn't get rid of Darren Young during the week. And he was right. He was at the helm, in the dugout, for that defeat on Saturday. I watched his post-game interview. We'll come to that. We'll come to the game. Let's just start things off, Lee. How are you feeling this Sunday? On the back of that, a, a result that's left us now seven points behind Clyde. Only two points still behind Peterhead. Could have been a lot worse because Peterhead were 2-1 up at one point against Queen's Park on Saturday. But but how are you feeling coming out of this latest loss? It's a difficult one because yesterday kind of felt like a sucker punch, um, to be honest, because I felt for large periods of the game we controlled the play. I actually liked the style of play that we had. We were quite fluid. We were using the channels, which is not something that we're really known for. 
Um, I thought that we defended really, really well. Um, you know, the, the two changes and the fact that Gallagher and Dunlop were, were finally dropped. I, I think maybe Darren did decide to listen to the show last week and apologies to him if he did because it wouldn't have been good listening to him otherwise. <laughs> um, but, I didn't wonder the same though. It's like, it's what everyone's been calling for and it's kind of a stage now like, okay, well, you are listening, so that's good. Yeah, so I mean, fair play to him and I thought that the boy Steele yesterday was, you know, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, we'll, we'll come into that at, at some point, I'm sure. So yesterday's one was a bit more difficult because you couldn't really bemoan the effort. You know what I mean? Um, there, there's some stuff that happened in the game that I'm not happy about that we'll get into, but late, I, I don't feel as dejected this week as I did last week, but I mean, I still, I'm, I'm, my, my tune hasn't changed. I still think that it is time for, for Dan to move on, but it wasn't as bad last uh, yesterday as it, it was in previous weeks. I mean, that, that's the thing, Gordon. From reading a, a lot of the fans' comments online, and just listening to Darren afterwards, I mean, the team were applauded off the park. So I think the the supporters know that there was a lot of effort there, which is what you want. I mean, you want to see some signs of improvement. I don't know whether, though, you can say, yeah, the effort was improved, but were there other signs of improvement? How did you come away feeling from this game? It was a weird one, because I think I agree for a lot of it, we did look a lot better than we have certainly the past two weeks um, first half most of the second half I think we were the better team um, I agree with it as well we did we did defend very well didn't really give Clyde much of a sniff Steele played very well we were creating chances we just weren't taking them um, so I think there was more positives there um, you know and we talked before like Doug's mentioned it before like if you know if you go to a game and you lose, but you know you make a game of it. There's a bit of an effort. There's a bit of something there. That's you know it's much easier to take than just kind of lying down. But I will qualify that by saying that was home to Clyde. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the fixtures we've got ahead of us, most away games at the moment you just say, "Well, we're not winning that." It doesn't matter who it's against. Most home games, you know, if, if it's a team near the top of the league, I don't think we're going into it with any confidence. You're sort of looking at home games against Clyde and Peterhead and saying, they're our best chance, they're our best chance of wins. So yesterday was probably the best chance of a win that we're going to have for a long time because we've already played Clyde and Peterhead at home. So as much as we played better, that's one of the worst teams we're going to face and we played them at home. They were poor. They were really poor. They they looked Mm. a, a very bad team and that's no sort of... You know, aye, fair enough. They came and beat us two 0 seven points ahead of us. I'm not saying we're a good team, um, but they did not look good. They looked significantly worse than a lot of the teams that we've played this year. You know, that was, you know, to some extent, if you're not playing well, you've got players out, and you know, you go away to Dumbarton who are flying, you go away to Airdrie who are flying, and you lose the games. You know. To lose them in the manner we did is is bad. But if you lose those games, some parties like, all right, well, you know, they're kind of tough games for the situation we're in at the moment. Home to Clyde is as good a chance of a win as we're going to get presented, and we yeah. didn't do it. So as much as we played well, in the end, didn't really come to anything. And am I confident that say next week away to Falkirk, that we can go and put in the same kind of performance? No, I'm not because I think part of the reason that we 
looked a lot better today was because we were playing a, a team that's worse than most of the teams in our league and we still got beat. That's you know that's what feels like the bottom line to me. And again, we conceded the first goal, heads went down, never looked like winning it after that. I mean, giving up two goals in a four-minute spell uh, is going to just suck the life out of any team. And from what you've said there, the thing that we've kind of hung our hat on the last couple of seasons is our home form. That's what's carried us. That's what's had us in or around the playoff picture. You start losing that, the away form's not going to suddenly miraculously appear when we haven't had it with better teams and better players over the last two years. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. But it, the general consensus was he's five, far better team in the first half. Overall, I mean, you, you look at the stats and it's kind of 13 shots to East Fife, 5 to Clyde. Three shots on target for East Fife. No goals to show for it. Two shots on target for Clyde, both in the back of the net. It yeah, just, what, what, there's one thing up. I want to say is, is, is I actually felt heart sorry for, for Jude Smith yesterday. Yeah. Because he didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, it, I mean, he didn't really have to, but I thought that there was a couple of times that the ball came to him and he was good with his feet and he, he looked comfortable. Um, I thought that when balls came into the box, considering he looks quite sharp, um, he did really well in, in, in catching them. Um, it looks like he's going to command his box a little bit better than, than what Gallagher does. But I mean, look, the, the, the two goals to score were two good goals. You know, there, there were two good finishes. Um, but you know, I said it on our, our social media feed. You've got to score when you're on top. And we were on top for probably about 60, 60 minutes, I'd say. And you know, we you didn't take the we didn't take the chances. Um and it's just you know, is it just indicative of the way that we're, we're, we're performing just now? Is it just, you know, the fact that, you know, I'm not going to use luck, like, but we've not got anything going for us. Like I actually shouted yesterday, the ball just wouldn't drop in the box. You know what I mean? Like you need that, like to, to get that even half chance to stick the ball away. But equally, we've not got anybody up top at all that's going to create something out of nothing. Somebody like a Ryan Wallace or a McGuigan or somebody that's going, you're going to go right. Okay, he's going to beat a man and go. Like Kev, two three years ago would do that, but he's having to adapt his game now. I feel anyway. Um, I thought Semple when he came on yesterday looked a real threat. Bonsu up front would have been as well as just having a empty jersey up there because he's not a striker um, yet another Darren Young masterclass in trying to shoehorn a player that's his position that isn't that and putting him up front when we've got Semple on the bench um, which is pretty nuts even well, Sean Brown's sitting on the bench um, who is a striker now mm-hmm. do I think he's the best player in the world absolutely not but play somebody up there that that's their position you know and that they might get the, a half chance Bonsu I'm really not convinced with at all. It shows a wee flash of something. I'm like, oh, that was really good. But then after that, you see nothing of him. Like, there's a few times he actually pissed me off yesterday. And I don't think I've actually said that really about a player directly, but he was so nonchalant and chasing down the ball once we'd lost it. Like a half-arsed it. Oh, right, I suppose I better look like I'm going to try and chase him down. Whereas if we'd maybe pressed that defender, he could have pressed them into a mistake and fed Kev in. You know, I don't know if Gordon will agree with me or not, but there's a few times that he didn't get the ball and he was just sort of like, oh, all right, okay, well, let's see if the midfield won't pick it up. Yeah, I mean, there was one thing um, in particular that I remember, you know, basically just completely 
ah, he just kind of stood back and like, oh, I'm not going to go for that ball. I'm not going to put, a, you know, it was maybe not a 50-50, but it's a challenge you should be making to win the ball in the Clyde half. He just, he just let it go. And then a couple of seconds later, you know, Danny Denham, all credit to him, came in and, you know, absolutely yeah. had to fly through someone to get that challenge. And you're like, oh, you know, if you'd put the challenge in first, even if you just, even if you hadn't won the ball, even if you just made the challenge, it changes things. He doesn't to me look like he's going to be the sort of player that will put his life on the line for you. And I know that that's mm. a, a, like a, a hard expression, but like you really want to see your, your team going for it. You know, right, I'm going to put that little risk in to try and make sure that I get that little extra touch on the ball. He was kind of more like, well, I don't want to slide on the astral because it's going to sting my legs. You know, that sort of thing. Well, he like, goes down a lot of the other times, yeah. so it's like he's oh, got yeah. no problem with hitting the deck. Yeah, I'm not convinced by him at all. I'm not sure what he adds to the team, and I'm sure that once we've got players like Davidson, etc., back, he'll be nowhere near that that first team. I don't know if he's just not wanting to risk getting injured because he thinks he's going to get a bigger move. But let me tell you, categorically, right now, that's never going to happen. Um, no, well, it's never going to happen. If he's not going to be in and around the first team as well as a starter, you have to then say, is he even going to want to hang about? Which you, I think he's only signed until January. I mm. think. Um, and do you want to know what? Like, if 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 he decided to pack up and go back to England tomorrow, I don't think that that's going to be a, a, a massive game changer for us. To be honest, well, um, I mean, he I... shows he shows little flashes, but yeah. he's not consistent enough. He disappears for the majority of the game. I I didn't say this at the time because I thought it might sound a, a bit harsh, but when we're signing guys from really low level English non-league to come and play in third tier of Scottish football. I've watched a lot of non-league football over the years. I say we're at a higher level than what these guys have been playing at. And then you're expecting them to come in and then perform in a weak team. It's a lot to ask for him. I just thought it was a strange signing to to begin with. If he was that good, there would be a higher non-league team that would have picked him up by now. Yeah, I'm sure I read on Pine Bovril that he went to Arbroath on trial as well. And they said that he was nowhere near good enough. Like, um, uh, you you find people that will have ridiculous views about this, like they'll think, "Oh, the eighth tier in England is better than Championship up here." It's not. I've watched um, like conference and below games there, and I would say that um, you know, roughly maybe the average in League One here is maybe somewhere in the conference in England. Um, and you he's know, it's played not, a couple of levels below that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can argue the toss about whether it's upper, middle, lower or whatever. There's obviously a range, but, you know, I, I went to see a conference. The last game I went to see was a conference game and I don't think it was any better than than League One here. Um, so if he's, if, he's, if, he's, if he's from well below that, then it is, it's got to be a, a lower level. It's a big ask for, for the guy to suddenly turn it on. Because the, the big problem we've got just now is we're not getting goals. So as soon as we go behind, you're like, well, where's the goal going to come from to get us back in the game? And the players clearly know that as well. It's It feels like we're, we're fighting for nil-nils if we can somehow sneak and go ahead at 1-0 and then defend like hell to, to see the game out. That's our best hope just now. But let's look at the goals. Because Gordon and me were talking a little bit about this, Lee, before you, you jumped on. 
if anyone hasn't seen them, you can check them out just now. Actually, they're up on the, the Clyde Twitter account, although by the time this comes out, I'm sure it'll be up on East 5 TV as well. The first goal, it was a great strike from Ross Cunningham to finish it off. Well taken, what you're talking, maybe 25 yards out. Not a lot that, that Jude could have done with it. He was probably a little bit shielded as well as the ball came through. No complaints about that finish, no complaints about that part of the goal. What I do have complaints about is the lazy-ass defending as that ball came in to the final third. They they, they just put a foot out to kind of deflect it and then it went to a Clyde player and then a lazy block and then it falls to Cunningham. No one closes him down. Bang, back of the net. Shocker. Yeah, to be honest, like I said, I thought it was... I thought all of our defence played really well yesterday. I thought Chris Higgins had his best game of the season. I thought Aaron Steele, you know, put his one of the best performances I've seen from any East Fife player this season. Um, and I would actually hang my hat on that. I thought he was excellent. The boy never stopped talking the whole game. Right, and I don't know if that's... Which is what we've been the, asking for, yeah, like, better I mean, communication. And how old is Steele? 20? Something like that. Um, 20, 21. And he, the whole way through... He's, he's talking to Dunsey, who's on his right-hand side. He's talking to Chris Higgins, who's alongside him. You know, I was really impressed with him yesterday. I've heard his voice more in one game than I have from Ross Dunlop the entirety of the season. Um, and for me, um, you know, if anything happens to Higgins or Higgins, the, the first name on the team sheet needs to be still instead of Dunlop. He's 19. So, yeah, I, I knew he wasn't old. I thought I, I thought it was a real mature performance from yesterday. Um, and you wonder what if he gets dropped next week it would be really hard on him because if, if Dan said, as he always said, Dan says he picks players on form whatever whatever if you're not good enough then you're not in the team then well I'm sorry but um, you know there's no way that um, I should be out of the team for next week but yeah I mean, could you look at the midfield for not closing down that first goal maybe um, I don't know they weren't two of the worst goals we've lost this season and that's how disappointing it is to say that because really that's the positives we've got to look at. Mm. The, the goals that we conceded by, well, you know, we've conceded less than we have over the last couple of weeks, um, which yeah. is, is a positive. Yeah, like oh, clutching at any straws we can get right now. Yeah, but I mean, the, the stat that I seen yesterday is, is a terrifying one and that's, that's three games played, zero goals and 10 conceded um, is, is a, a seriously, seriously scary stat and, Look, I don't want to keep beating the same drum. You know, I've, we've got some questions from our, our social media listeners, um, listeners, yes, yeah, something like that. Um, and, you know, has our position on Darren changed? For me personally, no. Um, it, it can't change um, because really he's, he's, we're not making enough improvements. They're still not finding a way to score goals. And I think we, we, we have to look at changing the manager. And I mean, what are you waiting for, Falkirk next week? Uh, you know, that's almost inevitable because we're playing away that it's going to be a defeat. Oh, yeah. Th- th- this is the thing that I don't understand with this. Like, now, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, I, I expected it to come last weekend. I'm stunned it didn't come after the last weekend and that Young was leading the team. So say they do get rid of him this week. Why would you do it? before a game like Falkirk, where you really have very little chance of going and getting something from. Whereas if you did it before a game against Clyde, where you do have something to go and get it from. So that kind of makes me think they probably won't do anything this week either. 
you're probably right. But I mean, like the the point that I made on the show last week about changing the manager, or even you know, even letting Stevie Frail run the team for the weekend, you know, that was probably one of the most commonly opinions that I've made that people have largely agreed with. That you know, you, you do something at that time to, to to change the momentum. You make the momentum shift, and that's the game that you want to be doing it into because you do it in the Falkirk. All that's going to happen is, is we're inevitably going to lose that game because they're a stronger side. Don't get me wrong, they're not exactly performing amazingly either, but you know they've got enough about them that they'll beat us. But I mean, that happens and then you lose that momentum because they're like, oh, well, has they changed in the first mm-hmm. game? Because it's like so, new car smell, it's like new manager bump. You see it all over. It's like, even that really shit season we had when Archibald took us up to the second tier, I don't know what it was called at that point, let's just, let's just say Division 1, because maybe it was, and then we were shit, and then we got rid of Archibald, and we still had a, a shit team, but we got that bump in that first game, and I think it was Falkirk we played, or we, we, we won that first game with the new boss, and then it all went to shit again, so you get that bump, I don't know that we get that bump if we do that this week. I mean, but are they, are they waiting for that, you know, once we played everybody once, we'll make our decision. Yeah, but then the transfer window or the loan window's closed and we can't bring in any help. So yeah. we're completely goosed. Then you've got a new manager coming in with a team that's clearly not good enough. And how patient are the Mike, fans going to be? I'm actually going to disagree with you. Right? I think we've got a team. Now, we're missing a striker, desperately. Right? Really, really need a striker. But if you look at the quality around our team, player for player, we're better than that. I would say we're better than Clyde, like in terms of Clyde's squad. We're better than Peter Head in terms of Peter Head's squad. And we've got enough about us that with someday with a bit more tactical now, I think we could finish eighth. Right? But we need somebody that can make us more organised somebody that can help us defend against set pieces and we need to bring in somebody that can score us some goals. Now, some of the pub chatters that we were looking at, Robbie Muirhead, um, who I think would be a, probably the exactly sort of player that we would need. But um, really, we're in the last couple of days. Mm. We need to, to to make that decision now whether we're bringing somebody in to, to help us um, up top or not. But equally... You know, if we get rid of our manager just now, then they might not get let us get a player in. You know, what I mean, it might be somebody that Dan's got a, a like a, yeah. a sort of good relationship where we get him in, eh, or we get rid of him. And they go, well, we're not giving you him because we were giving you him because we wanted Dan to train him. And you know, it's it's you know, are we going to end up having to rob Peter to pay Paul? Like, which way we're going to have to look at it? But I mean, I don't think that there'd be anybody, even in our fan base, who are obviously clearly raging just now they would be able to say, I think that Peter Head have got a better squad than us. And I think that um, Clyde have got a better squad than us. Clyde have good Willie. Yeah, they've got it. the difference maker. Yeah, which they've, they've got helps. good Willie and that's, and that's it. But even yesterday, we we marked him out of the game. He, he, didn't, he couldn't do really anything, right? And apart from that, there was, there was nobody in their team. I mean, they've got Gregory Taddy, who must be 99 years old. They've had to bring him out of retirement. Johnny Page, who had who hasn't kicked the ball pretty much since he left us. Mark Doherty, who was woeful at us, is on the bench for them. Um, I mean, they've got a squad full of has-beens, but they've got David Goodwillie. So realistically, if we could be more organised, we could finish above them. 
I mean, even Peter Head, Scott Brown for them is a really good player. Brett Long for them is a really good player. Um, and then really, Derek, I mean, Derek Lyle must be 99 years old as well. He wears number 99, it must be his age. So, I mean, there's, there's not, they've not got a better squad than us. But what they do have, and I, and I had this argument with a fan who will name nameless, is I was like, look, Danny Lennon's a good manager. He's like, no, he's not. I'm like, no, Danny is. Lennon is an accomplished manager. He won the League Cup with St. Mirren. He took Cowden Beath up two divisions on no money at all. Like, Cowden Beath were on the brink of going bust at that point. Yeah. And he, he took them up two divisions on pennies. Danny yeah. Lennon's a good manager. Anyone that he's says he's not, Alley. they're yeah. shaded because of the Cowden connections and stuff. It's like he, he's done it. Yeah. Jim McAnally, been there, seen it, done it, manager, knows what it takes to stay in this league. I would have put Dan in that bracket, but. I think now, Darren, he's had his time, eh? and we need to bring in somebody that's, that's going to revitalise us and get the most out of these players. The first half performance yesterday, for me, showed that the players are actually playing for him. Yeah. Right? And and that's what, when I, I did wonder, that I agree he's, maybe lost, you know, I've, he's maybe lost the dressing room, but the, the performance the players are putting in, doesn't, particularly yesterday, shows me that he does still have the dressing room, but he maybe just... I think he's devoid of ideas. What's your thoughts on on that, Gordon? Do you do you feel we've got a squad capable just now? Like, if there wasn't any additions coming, and we do have these guys out injured, and some of them they're slowly coming back. Swanson could be back soon, maybe about to get into light training. And before we say that, though, one thing I do want to shout out the club for is listening to us because they put that update on their social media yesterday and told us what was happening with all the players. So fair play to the board, because that's something we've shouted about for a long time. And the person that we, we deal with at the club has came out and said, you know, I know what, but we, we're going to make more of an effort to be a little bit more transparent in that respect. So hands up and, and fair play to them for that. Yeah. And I, I, I had said last week, oh, do other clubs do this? Because I didn't know. And then interestingly, which I'm, I'm sure this is something that happened yesterday that might get covered in our Let's All Laugh At section re- involving Aloha. But a complaint of the Aloha fans is that they don't get pre-match and post-match interviews posted. So they've got no idea what the fuck's going on at their club. So, but we're not alone in that. So yeah, kudos to the, the club for, for letting us know. But I mean, it is promising Gordon, that we've got guys that could be coming back to strengthen the team, but is that enough? If we get a new manager in to organise them better, is that enough? Because the risk is, this could be all we have now until January. I mean, I think if if we had no injuries, we've got a full squad to pick from, is it enough to not be relegated? Yes. It, It just is. I mean, you could get into looking at us, Clyde Peterhead, and argue about which side's actually better, but we're good enough not to be relegated. If, now, without all these guys, aye, it's a bit different. But fundamentally, the thing for me is, should we be better than the results that we've been getting? Yes, no doubt about that. However good we are, you know, it's like every, every squad's got a sort of potential. No squad's going to be going at 100% of their potential, but how much are you getting out of that squad? And for me we're not getting enough at the moment. You can argue and say, you know, without the guys that, without these injuries, maybe we are not as good. You know, maybe we are in the bottom two. Watching the Clyde game yesterday, I, I find it very difficult to for anyone to make the argument that 
<laughs> player for player, we're worse than Clyde are. They've got David Goodwillie, who's fantastic. And I, the boy Cunningham, scored two goals yesterday. But player for player, I still think, you know, if you make a, a, a combined East Fife Clyde team, you'd have more East Fife players than you would Clyde. Um, I think the big problem is, for whatever reason, we're just not, we're not even the sum of our parts at the moment. Um, mm. Actually, that, that would be an interesting project that I know I haven't got time for, and I'm pretty sure you guys don't as well, but if any of our listeners fancy doing this, have a look at the squads for all the teams in the division and pick your best players, best 11 from every combination. So East Fife, Falkirk, how many Falkirk players would get in that best 11? How many East Fife? I'd be curious to see how many East Fife players would feature in the best 11 against all these teams. Mm. I'm sure someone will be bothered well, to do that for us. Honestly, I think that the only East Fife player that gets into pretty much every team would be Stuart Murdoch. I think yeah, he would literally be yeah. the only one that I would say walks into every team because he's just an excellent footballer. I mean, um, for the past two or three seasons, I would say that we've had, you know, a little group of players that would get into every or almost every other team in the league. And yeah. I think this year you're looking at, it's probably a good shout that, you know, other fans looking around and be like, I take Stuart Murdoch, wouldn't take, wouldn't replace anyone else. Like, you know, if you're down at the bottom, I, you know, Clyde and Peter Head might take a few, but teams in the top half wouldn't take, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, an interesting one. Yeah, like, like Aaron Dunsmore, see yesterday, at times I thought, you know what, he's really coming into a game yesterday. I was like, that. he, he was showing flashes at, at Dunsey a few years ago, and I'm like, oh God, what we could do with him right now. Um, he looks like he's no confidence. That's that's how I, I feel with the Dunsey. He's just lacking a bit of confidence. I mean, the majority of t- teams a few years ago would have taken him. Sure, Agnew a few years ago, everybody would have taken him. You know, Kevin Smith, you know, still a really, really good player. No taking it away from him. He's not the player he was a few years ago. Um, probably just age, injuries, whatever. You know, everybody would have taken him. But Ryan, right now... Ryan Wallace, folk, Ryan yeah, Wallace. loves him in their squads. Yeah. Um, a fully fit Danny Swanson probably would get into oh, most yeah. teams in the, the league as well, but we've yet to see that, so we don't know really what that looks like. But, I mean, thinking of a combined East 5 Clyde 11, Parry is the, the goalkeeper because he's incredible. David Goodwillie. That's, that's probably about it. If, if we've got a fully fit team, I, I think that's literally the two Clyde players I would, if they said to me tomorrow, like, you can only, you know, take two players, they would be the two I would take and that would be enough to keep you up. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just... I, I think every every team would take Goodwillie and there'd be fans who'd be like, oh, I wouldn't want him because of what's happened in the past. If you're just basing it on football things, he's one of the best players in the division. Oh, and it's like, you, yeah, you take him hands down. He could easily play Premier League. Yeah. Easily, 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 easily still play Premier League. However, nobody will take him with the stigma he's got around him because yeah. he was a dick and he did some horrible things. And anytime he moves now, that just will get stirred up again. It doesn't really get mentioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't. Really, you never really hear much about it. People know, but it doesn't get brought up. But if you you get a transfer, and you move that media 
I stuff like, oh, how could you sign him when you know what he's done? So, yeah. you know, I don't blame... There's, there's a couple of high-profile guys like that in England as well who end up playing, like, fourth division because they've been in yeah. jail for whatever and they can't get a higher move, but they're still head and shoulders uh, against everyone that they're playing. I can't remember the name of the player, but Wimbledon had played against a team, and I was at that game, and the guy had been in prison for murder. It was a driving conviction, and the abuse he got throughout the game, oh, you're a murderer, and blah, blah, blah. Was yeah. that Lee Hughes? It was, yes. Yeah. And then he scored, of course, and he's just like, to the fans and stuff, but... It happens a lot, and I'm not saying you forgive everyone for their indiscretions, but Goodwill is the kind of guy that definitely could be playing at a higher level. And if anyone, if any of his five fans say, I wouldn't want him in my team, I don't know. I, I know it's a fine line between the moral side and the footballing side. You can take a moral stance, but on ta- like you said, on talent alone, you take him. Of course you yeah. would. It's, and it's, do, it depends. Do, do people deserve a second chance in life? That's how you look at it. If he's a better person now and has moved on from those things and is contrite about it and apologetic for it, which I don't know if he is or not. To to be fair, he, I mean, he was never convicted. He, he can, he protested his innocence. Yes. He was found not guilty. It was a civil case that he lost. But he has never said, he's never come out and said, I did this wrong. You know, he's always maintained yeah, so it's, you know, it's a part. bit of a subject to me, you know, whether whether you want to, how you feel about David Goodwillie and all the rest of it. I think, you know, that's, that's, that's up to people. It's not an easy thing. Uh, not an easy thing to decide, I don't think. I don't yeah, I can't. That's a hot topic, but it's definitely move away from. Yeah, um, let, that, that, <laughs> I don't know why I took us down that road, Lee. Let, let's yeah. get to, to something less controversial, or maybe not. The second goal that Clyde scored... Now, this pissed me off so much because Cunningham gets the ball and there's about five East Five players around him. None of them move towards the ball. He's in acres of room. Uh, Easy to poke home. Great team goal from Clyde. They did everything right. But you've got to mark better than that. You can't leave a guy that's just scored a great goal and you're one down and you really need something from this game. Unmarked in the box... When you've got the box full of East Fife players, I just watched it back there. You're right, boxes absolutely full of East Fife players everywhere, and Cunningham is all on his own. Yeah. He's on the per- he's basically there's about on the four or five box. yards around him in a circle. There is what's that seven East Fife players in the box, not including the goalkeeper, and somehow he's all on his own on the penalty spot. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, terrible, terrible defending. I mean. You know, just as a team, awful. And that's the that's the problem we have just now. And Darren talked about it after the game. He said, yeah, you can talk about what we do in their box, but it's also what we do in our box. And that's what's letting us down. You look at that league table and it's absolutely horrendous reading and that there's no sugarcoat in it. It's like you look at the goals given up and right now, we're rock bottom, minus 14 goal difference, 21 goals given up. Clyde Peterhead have given up 15, which is bad in itself, but 21, Lee, it's just shocking. In eight, in eight games. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane, really. Basically um, three a game is, is your average. 
Yeah, and you, you can't keep going with that and expect, you know... And when you're not scoring. Yeah, I mean, we're not scoring, really. How many goals have we scored? Let me just get that up. I wanted to say four, but it's seven. <laughs> I had four yeah. in my head, but that's our points. Yes, seven. seven. Three of those against Peterhead. So not even not even one per game. No, um, but and, and like I say, three of them was against Peterhead. Yeah. Um, two against Cove. Um, so really, I mean, like I say, no goals in the league in our, our last three games is is a very, very, very worrying start. And it, I mean, we looked yesterday, although we played well, and I want to, I want to keep saying that because we did play well yesterday. We never looked like we were going to score. I never felt like we were going to create a chance. I mean, Bonsu did do something, like he, he beat a man, like he took a touch away from him. But I mean, the shot that he hit was honestly like, I mean, I'm, I've, I'm, I've been a left foot my whole life. It looked like I'd hit him on my right foot. Like it was just absolutely horrendous. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really, really worrying. I mean... I, I don't know where the goals are coming from. That's the biggest concern. And even if you bring in a young guy on loan from a premier team or even one of the top championship teams, he needs someone to give him the service. He can't yeah, do it all himself because then you'd be bringing in a young guy. Like Even if you brought Jack Hamilton into this team just now, he's not going to get the goals that he got last season because the service isn't there right now. But to be honest, there was nobody really that was given um, Hamilton the service last season that couldn't do it this year. Like, so it's not like Scott Agnew was putting them on the plate for him every year, every game. You know what I mean? So there is definitely still um, goals or, or some form of creativity in our team. I just don't know if it's a system that we're playing or whatever. Um, I mean, we clearly created chances yesterday, but we just didn't have anybody with a striker's mentality that was going to get on the other end. I mean, that's the last few weeks as well that Jack Callahan hasn't been on the bench for Livingston. Um, so who knows what's happening with him? Um, another name that I heard that we were considering bringing back was Anton Dowds, but I don't understand how we could do that when he's just went on loan to Arbroath. Um, unless Arbroath had just seen enough of him and went, nah, you're all right, and I'm going to send them back. Well, in that case, it's like... Do, are you wanting to take him? <sighs> or though, can beggars not be choosers really just now? Yeah, yeah we're, we're I actually think that's actually. where we're at. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody, somebody put the gun in my head just now and said, would you take Anton back right now? Yes, because I think that a, a front two at Anton and Kev, there could be goals there. But one, of, one of the problems to me it seems we have is, you know, you, you've got nobody really, you know, we played five in midfield yesterday. You've really not got that sort of creative player in midfield. Now you're also playing Kev Smith up front as a sort of centre forward. Now you know whether whether it's a case of maybe he's not the player he was three four years ago, whatever. But also he's not a centre forward. You know he's kind of the guy who's sort of leading the line. And I think you know if you had someone who you could put up front, and you maybe you know you played Kev more further back a bit, even the role kind of Bonsu was playing yesterday where he's maybe a bit more kind of the guy sitting a bit deeper and off the striker. It would work so much better. But we're playing Kev as a sort of centre forward leading the line and you know that has never been his game. So we're not only are we having someone up there who's not really used to that role, but we're also losing him yeah. from further mm -hmm. back. 
but equally, shout out Kev Smith, 50 goals in, in the black and gold is, is still amazing. Yeah. It's not something you see. I think probably the last player to do that for us is probably something like Paul McManus. Stephen Mill will maybe be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of anybody else that had uh, got more goals than, than that for us, really. Um, and for a while. So, I mean, we spoke about this in previous shows, but you've got to remember, Kev Smith is not the guy that you would have been leading the line at this point of the season if the season and the signings had gone as they were meant to. So yeah. we are playing with a guy that was maybe his role this year was going to be coming off the bench. Now we're expecting him to all of a sudden step up and be the guy but, that gets us out of this. And I know this 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 is going to be like, oh, the Darren Young fan club are back. But I mean, it's not Darren Young's fault that we know off that Wallace isn't there. It's not Darren Young's fault that McGuigan isn't there. Yeah. Right, so that's that's how he, when he's had his squad at the start of the year, he's probably went right. I've got two good forwards, and then he's down to none. Yeah. Well, not none, none because Kevin Smith. Yeah, but I, I, I know what you mean, but yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, he's been. You've lost your first two choices. Yeah, immediately handicapped in that. So I want to give him some cuttings for that. I get it, but equally, when that happens, we didn't react quick enough. Um, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, we brought in Semple, who I'm, I'm not convinced of, but he did look pretty well, good when he came off the bench yesterday, in fairness to him. Um, Kevin Smith, and then Kyle Connell gets injured, and he looked like he was going to be the better of the, of the two, him and Semple. Yeah. Um, so it's, I kind of feel for Darren, I do, but equally... No, I do as well. He's got to flex his approach and go... If we're not going to score goals, we need to not concede any. Yeah. And he's not been able to do that. And no, for me, and I think he does know that that's a, a big thing. Like he, Here's some of his quotes from yesterday. He said, there's a lot of positives from the, the chances we created and the opportunities that we got to get into the final third. But he said, we don't have the killer instinct or that bit of ruthlessness to finish those chances. He said he was frustrated. He liked the desire. He liked the aggression that the the team showed. So there are positives there. And folk are going to be like, well, look, there are two ways to look at it. Let's let's play devil's advocate here. We can get rid of Darren, have the change that we all feel is needed at the, the team right now, Gordon. Or has he started to turn it around? Do you take the gamble that he's going to get the best out of this team? Because that's what some fans are saying. Now, for me... I'm feeling these old cliches today, but one swallow does not make a summer. No, one I mean, decent half of football no, is not I, meaning oh, this all, all our problems have gone away. Look, if, if if we'd won yesterday, someone could have said, "Oh, one swallow doesn't make a summer." I still think we should get rid of them, and you know, like, could be right or wrong about that. But it wasn't a swallow, you know. It was it was another turd. <laughs> you know, we got beat. Um, you know, for me, yes. Yes, it was better than Dumbarton. It was better than Airdrie. You know, there were encouraging signs compared to those games. But on the other hand, I think that was a must-win game. One of the easiest fixtures we're going to have this season and one of the teams we need to be catching. That wasn't a game... You know, you can look at away at Airdrie. I mean, we've had terrible results away at Airdrie even when we're playing really well. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at that game and say, you know, in some ways, the result is a bit of a... It's a bit of a gimme, you know. If you get beat, you know, if you play all right and you get beat, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be raging about it. But this Clyde game, 
you know, that was about getting a result. We yeah. needed to get a result. You know, and we said before, if we don't get a result here, we're in big, big trouble. This well, isn't. We've, a, we've just given Clyde a huge confidence boost and breathing yeah. space now for a few weeks. No. It's not. A, it's not pre-season friendly. It's not a. It's not a cup game against a team from a higher division. You don't go into it and say, "I don't really care if we lose." But if there's some encouraging signs about the way we're playing, that'll be all right. Wasn't that at all? We needed to go and beat Clyde, and we got beat. So to me, that's. You know, that's not even a. You know. You can look at the game and say we played better, but it's not, you know, it's not a swallow. <laughs> don't know what the analogy to use there. It's no. not a swallow. A facial. Lee, um, you, you know all about swallows, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's never been on the receiving end of one, but, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but, look, for me, look, we played better yesterday, but it would have been impossible to have played worse. So, yeah, you can, that's you true. Can, you can look at it whatever way you want. Like, was there improvements there? Yeah. For me, I, I'm not changing my stance. I, I still think we need a change. I'm still absolutely shocked that we didn't make it. And, and do you want to know what? Not even just shocked, but disappointed that we didn't make it when we should have made it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we, I, from when I woke up on Monday, the first thing I checked was yeah. the the Twitter. And I thought, oh no, maybe the board meeting's Monday night. So Tuesday again, I woke up, checked yeah. the East Five Twitter, checked our WhatsApp group. It's like, ah. I. I'm going to say a really harsh expression, but we bottled it this week. We, we bottled it. Um, and I'm, I'm disappointed because I think that it, it should, the change should have been made this week. And the longer we leave it, the more we're going to regret it. And I still think that, look, make make the change this week because nobody's going to expect us to go to, to Falkirk and get a result anyway, really. Um but yeah, that's that's my opinion. I think that probably best thing to do now is we'll move on to our three, two, ones. Yeah, I was going to say then, let's just, and then we'll get one, into some of the viewers or listeners' messages. Yeah, there's, there's one thing I wanted to say, and I'd be interested to see if any fans felt the same way. The full time whistle went yesterday, and I expected a chorus of boos. Mm-hmm. There was silence, an eerie eerie silence that that really genuinely um i was quite taken aback by they were, appla- they were applauded off the park uh yes or um, were they because it's like that's what, yes. oh, that's what i'm hearing but then i am hearing the silence as well so that is two different things but are we just are we just now down to basically you know our crowds have gone down so much people are staying away or you know even just watching on stream well the boo boys uh, could be staying away or yeah. are we just True. accepting the fact that we are utter shite and we're going to go down? And the, the, the good thing was, I think that it was the right thing to do to clap the players off the park yesterday because they gave everything for the most part. So, you know, I, I still clap the players um, where I was sitting um you know, there, there was a lot. There wasn't a lot of negativity coming, and I was quite relieved at that. But equally, the fans did their part and never got on the team's back yesterday, and we still didn't provide. So it depends which way you want to look at it. And Darren spoke that. afterwards about that as well, and he said he appreciated the support. He said the fans know what a tough spell that we're going through just now. Yeah, the other worrying stat is, is you look at. What Doug shared in our group chat and for our listeners is that Kelly had a higher gate than us yesterday. Yeah. But folk uh, well, always go I mean, and watch well, winning teams though. Yeah, look, it's the, you know, they've they're throwing money about they're winning every game, they're at a higher 
level now than they've ever been. If they and lost still not 10, great crowds they're drawing, by the way. Lost, it's this 5 4 8, I think it was. If they'd lost 10 out of their first 12 games of the season, would they fuck have a crowd like that? Yeah. You know, they, they, are, they are pushing it basically the complete and utter, you know, that's. Everything is aligned to make them have big crowds, and basically everything is aligned to have make us have small crowds. And you and also have to say as well, they're oh. doing well, and they're still only drawing those crowds. So where is their where is their max crowds that they're going to get if they keep going up the levels? What mm. is their their ceiling for crowds? Like home, like obviously, if they keep going up, they'll get more away. Um, but to be honest, I would have thought they'll probably get crowd in, uh, Kevin's crowd if they go down. Well, yeah. I could see them at some point merging down the line, which I know is something that Scottish football doesn't have a lot of. But if Cowden went out of the league, it makes a lot of sense if they suddenly merge with Kelty. Obviously, we'll get some hate mail in for that, but I'm not. I'm not condoning it. But... As long as it's not death threats for you, Michael. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a long way to come and get me. It's fine. So. In terms of three to ones yeah. yesterday, um, I'll just kick off because that's normally what uh, Doug goes, oh, gentlemen, we're doing our three to ones. Um, so I'll I'll just uh, kick off for mine. Uh, and like I've mentioned already, I think three points has to go on steel. I, I don't think anybody else in that team um, could really argue with that. I thought he was brilliant, really, really good. Um, I'm going to give two points to, to Chris Higgins, who I thought that considering it was his first full game back after injury, looked more like the Chris... Higgins that we expect, you know, a, a leader on the pitch. Um, both ha- having both him and Kevin on the park makes a huge difference to us. Um, and you know, I thought that Chris looked a wee bit out of form, but if he keeps up how he played yesterday, then obviously that that makes a, a big difference and might be the reason that we didn't concede as many as we normally have um, in the the previous weeks. Um, and one point, I mean, probably could have given it to a few of the boys yesterday. Um, you know, like in, in previous weeks, I've been kind of struggling as to, to who I think should get it. But I'm going to go with Dunsey. Um, in fact, no, I'm not. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go with Danny Denham, um, a player that I don't give enough credit to probably at times. He gave everything for us yesterday. Everything. Um, I could have gave it to Jude Smith, um, who I felt definitely... Um, should have been sent off and had a penalty against him. Um, but I, I, I maybe need to see that instant again, Gordon. I've never even talked about that. And also, to be fair, Anne uh, Steele looks like he maybe could have given away a penalty as well yesterday. Both of them were a bit contentious. But well, I'm Darren feels that. that we should have got a penalty for handball. That's. He would have been moaning his arse off if that had been given <laughs> against us and said it was a shit decision. So I'm, I'm kind of bored of, of Darren's post-match interviews. I haven't even watched the last few because um, it's just a part of recycle, probably a bit like what well, showed my, in the last couple of weeks. So. My wife was <laughs> listening to it as I was watching it and she was like, he's very mumbling. I don't understand what he's saying. Look, I mean, what would you respect? I mean, Darren yesterday looked lost on the touchline um, and he looked defeated um, mm. when that second goal went in as in a, I don't know what else I could do. And I was sitting right across from him and I was watching him and he just kind of looked like, I'm fucked here. That's how I felt. But anyway, that's we're, mm. we're past that point of the show and maybe let's not talk anymore about that. Yeah. Gordon, let's get your 3-2-1. I um pretty similar three points for Steele. Very, very good. Um 
behind that, you know, there's a handful of players that I think could have, you know, had decent, decent enough games. But I've gone two for Dunsmore. I thought, you know, he was very involved yesterday. A lot of, a lot of the good attacking stuff uh, we had, he was involved with. Um, also gone Danny Denham for one point. Really good shift. Um, thought he played very well yesterday. Um, I thought Chris and Higgins had a good game. I'd kind of forgotten about him, but I'm not going to change anything. Uh, there we go. Steel Dunsmore Denham. There awesome. go. Looking at the, the other results from yesterday, Clyde... Big win for them against us, which has kind of given them a bit of breathing space. Montrose drew 2 all with Falkirk. Dumbarton drew one all with Aloha. Cove beat Airdrie 1-0. And Queen's Park came back from 2-1 down to, to win 3-2 against Peterhead, keeping them top of the table on 16 points. It's quite interesting. Like They're unbeaten on the season. Four wins and four draws, 16 points. They only have a two-point lead at the moment. And it's over Dumbarton, who I don't think a lot of folk fancied to be up there. Did their move to full-time go ahead? I kind of a little bit out of the loop with that. Is that what spurred them on? Dumbarton? Uh, there was all that talk of the buy-over, uh, they were going to go full-time. and I don't think they're full I mean, unless they're like some kind of hybrid. Mm. I th- certainly think they've got players that were largely playing part-time last season. Unless there's some, like Airdrie, they've got a bit... I didn't think they went fully full-time. Um, yeah, I mean, they're doing very well. I mean, you've got Cove in third on 14 as well, then Montrose in fourth and 12, Aloha, Falkirk, Airdrie and Clyde all in 11. Then you've got Peterhead on six, ourselves on four. And as I mentioned, it could have been a lot worse if Peterhead had held on for that win. So we're seven points adrift already. No longer can we say we're only three wins from second or third top or whatever was getting banded about. But you're looking at the goals against, like, Queen's Park's only given up six goals on the season. Cove, Montrose and Aloha next best on nine. And then you go all the way down to us at 21. So, I mean, this is how you turn it around, is you stop these teams scoring. And, I mean, we're talking about maybe bringing striker depth in. Maybe we need to look at shoring up the defence and getting a couple of strong defensive loan signings in to try and do something? I, I honestly, I, 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 it's going to be the second time. I, I, I don't think we need to improve the defence. I really don't. I think that really Scott Mercer, you know, is he a natural left-back? No, I thought he had a really, really good game yesterday. And, you know, if he could play like that most weeks, then he can make a difference for you there. But we seem to be playing better when we've got three at the back. And if we're going to do, say, three centre-halves and we play Steel, Higgins and Higgins you're going to struggle to bring in better players like that on loan at this stage of the transfer window. Um, it sounds and, like and a, a Dickens firm of solicitors. I'm just going down to steal Higgins and Higgins. Yes, <laughs> yes. I need to file my annulment from that hooker that I married in face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that... I, I don't think that really we need any defensive reinforcements. We certainly don't need any midfield reinforcements unless we manage to get some sort of sexy attacking midfielder that's going to create loads of chances um, for us. We need somebody that could stick the ball on the pokey. Mm. I I I used that phrase when I was commentating on our college game yesterday. It's like, it's in the pokey. And I thought no one's going to have any idea what I'm talking about. 
Equally, yeah. what Mr. the guy that just went to steal Higgins and Higgins did, he stuck it in the pocket <laughs> and then was my own biggest. I've never read that Dickens book. Which one's that? Um, the Expectations, which is uh, obviously what we all have for East Fife this season. Horror twist. Oh. It's <laughs> married another hooker in Vegas. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some whore? Oh. <laughs> Let's just do a Dickens themed show. Yeah, we probably could do that, but I'm definitely not learning enough for that. Definitely not learning enough. For that. I I did a whole Christmas Carol based for the White Caps and got in as many Dickens references as possible a few years back. So. Did you have any Dickens cider? No, no, I, I've been missing that. I need to get some more of that. <laughs> it was Caitlin's birthday on Friday, so maybe she can have some of that. Yeah, save save us, Gordon. Would you bring in a defensive person? <laughs> No, I think... Are you sure um, at the back? Like, in terms of the players, I think I agree with Lee. Like, I think maybe playing three at the back is the best thing to do. And I think, uh, you know, still, still Higgins and Higgins would be a good three. Uh, we've obviously got players that can play wing back. You know, we've got a, a whole load of midfielders. Um, but I think, again, it's it's up top and that's... You know, it's not it's not just scoring goals that that's a problem. You know, if you're not if you're not really threatening teams, if you're not able to keep the ball in their half and put them under pressure, you know, that pressure is just going to come back on you. Um, so I don't think it's a case of like, you know, defenders no being good enough. And it's just you know we're we're down to bare bones up front, and it's you know it's making us so blunt um, that you know it's going to cause problems everywhere. You know, looking at the league table, it's you know a worrying thing. We've scored the least goals. You know, we've scored three less than Peterhead. We've also conceded by far the most. We've conceded six more than Peterhead. Um, and that's you know, where maybe my argument that our defence is good um, maybe isn't the case because we have conceded a lot of goals. But I think that if we had, this is going to sound brutal, I'm so, I feel bad for saying it, but if we had a manager that could help us be a bit more resolute at the back not concede because I mean five goals five of those goals were in one game yeah set pieces right yeah so if, we've given up five twice this season yeah. Yeah. yeah and really if you've got a manager that could change their approach because we are very one dimensional at times and go right okay this is what we need you to do from set pieces and we stop conceding those goals from set pieces there's instantly what seven eight goals this season that we don't concede now obviously you're always going to concede the occasional one but we didn't learn any lessons after the first second third fourth or fifth mm. against Dumbarton so that's where I kind of want to make my argument that we've got the players there that yeah. are capable also um, it's a discussion we, we've had here a lot over the years midfield plays a big part of defence and you're needing your guys in the midfield to put in a defensive shift as well and come back and, and give the defence a, a helping hand. Although we did see that in the second goal yesterday, there was loads of guys back and they didn't do any helping whatsoever. But Yeah, I mean, you, you wonder as well, you know, I think... Uh, you know, I, th I think I think Miller's a decent player. I think you know, McMahon's a decent player. Newton's a decent player. But I think, I think we probably miss Davidson a bit as well. I think, you know, getting him back might make a difference. Maybe, I mean, not something that's kind of obvious to see all the time. But, um, but I'm going to ask you a question of... outright, right? Both of you, 
fully fit Danny Swanson, fully fit Ross Davidson, did any of those three players get in your midfield? Um, that that Gorge just mentioned. Yeah. Maybe Newton, but aside Newton from that, would be the no. last of my three to get in that team. Yeah, I think those. I think those two. Those two go in for me. It's Danny Swanson and Ross Davidson are fit. They go into the team straight away, and then you know you are looking at which one of the three that played yesterday do you put beside them? Miller. Yeah. I I would probably go with Miller as well. I'd go Miller and Davidson, and just you know that's that's your kind of defensive core. You know, you're 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 trying to be kind of tight with that. And then that allows Swanson just to do what he wants. You know, you go up and Yeah. We've touched on Liam Newton before, right? But we've not spoke to him about him a lot this season. Clearly a boy with loads of ability, right? Like there's no two ways about that. I've I said already I think he should go alone. And I'm gonna say it again. I think that, you know, if if we're getting our players back in the next couple of weeks, I would like to see him go on loan because I've, I think he gets lost a lot in games, big time. Um, and he looks like a wee boy in a man's team at times. Um, I think he's going to be a, a, something that could be a player for us in a, a year, maybe two years' time. I would like to see him go on loan to maybe something like Jack Healy's apparently absolutely killing it for East Stirlingshire and he's made um, one of the, the Twitter pages like best players in the league uh, for the loan league at East Stirling. You know, he's going there and doing a job. Um, but mind you, Sean Brown was doing a job for the East Stirling, but that's by the by. But maybe let's have a think about, you know, is Liam Newton a player that will be anywhere near our first team when all the guys are back? Probably not. Um, and could we potentially look at a destination for him to go play and get himself used to playing at this level or at a, a fully adult level? I, I agree with that. I think um, I agree exactly where you're kind of, you know, um, what, what he looks like. He looks like a good player. I think he can kind of drop out of games at times. And I think someone like, you know, East Stirlingshire or, you know, another Lowland League team. And I know we sent Kyle Bell to Bowness, you know, something like that. I think that that might be really good for him. Um, you know, it might be a bit easier to, you know, it's a decent level, but, you know, go there and kind of impose yourself a bit more. You know, you've got the talent, go and, go and impose yourself on games and then bring that back to us. Yeah. And there's no point, you know, if everyone comes back fit, there's absolutely no point in a guy that age sitting on the bench week after week after week. Yeah. If he's not going to play, get him on loan, get him yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying put him on loan now because obviously we're mm. I suppose a bit threadbare, but yeah. if in January we've got a full squad to choose from, I don't want a player of his ability and his potential to not be getting near the team, but equally I don't think he's good enough at this time to be in the team. So let's get him out on loan and get him loads of experience and and hopefully yeah. bring him back in for the following season. You know, I'd like to see him bulk up a wee bit. You know, he's he's, he's very I don't want to use the word scrawny because you know he's probably got a six pack and stuff, but maybe just fill out a wee bit more. Um but anyway. Um, well Let's look at what we've got coming up in the slate for October quickly. So, next Saturday, it's Falkirk oh, away. Terrifying. Saturday after that, even more terrifying. Scottish Challenge Cup, Wraith Rovers away. Then, at home to Cove, away to Montrose, 
at home to Dumbarton, and that's in October. I won't look past that. I honestly can't see us, apart from, obviously, I'm going to use the phrase win instead of points. I can't see us getting a win out of any of the next five games. No. no I, don't, I don't look at any of those games and think, yeah, I think we're going to win that one. Nah. Not unless something changes. Yeah. I mean, even looking up where we might get a point, maybe at home to Cove because we're at home, maybe at home to Dumbarton because we're at home, but... We couldn't even beat Clyde at home yesterday. Yeah, I know. That's... I mean, after that, I won't go too far, but our first game in November is away to Queen's Park, so it's like, Jesus. What, what was that? I mean, I didn't see any update about any of the injured players. Is there a suggestion that we could start to get players back, you know, through October? So, I don't know how soon, but they are well, starting to, to come Ross, back. Ross Davidson's restarting training next week. Danny Swanson's returning to light training next week. Mikey Cunningham's needed an injury, uh, an operation on an injured ankle. Sure, uh, Murdoch needs to uh, be managed to return to full fitness from a hamstring injury. Pat Slattery needs rest for a back injury. And Kyle Connor will return to training with Kilmarnock this week. That's encouraging then. It looks like yeah. most of the players that are out are kind of... Two or three games away. You know, on the road. Yeah, okay. That's good. So That'll, That could make a big difference. So before we wrap things up with a bit of fun and our let's all laugh at thing, which I'm pretty sure I know what Lee's going to go with, and folk are probably think it's not going to get topped, I might have something that you've not heard of from this neck of the woods that is so batshit crazy that it could top this. But before we get to that, any other sort of social media stuff you want to go over from the, the listeners? Yeah, we've got a few. So as always, I ask our, our, our listeners, you know, what's the what do you want to put to the panel? Is there any questions you want to ask us? And I'll come out to you. So Bruce Lee, nineteen seventy three, him and Scott Young had a, a bit of a set to <laughs> on the old social media yeah. and some other guy that I don't know last night. Um, you know, I, I pretty much made my point. If you don't like what you read in social media, I won't just keep reading it instead of just bickering like a bunch of burns. Um, you know, there's there's no point. Not everybody's going to have the same opinion of you. And no matter what you say or what you do, you're probably not going to do that. And if you can't just do that, just maybe don't be on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all up for a, a healthy debate. But if, 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 if as long as it's done in the right way, not petulance, which is what it looks like it gets to a bit at times. But anyway, um, he asked, what's the comment on Darren Young? So just one word answer for you both. Has your stance changed? Darren in or Darren out? Michael? Not changed at all. He needs to go. Gordon? Not not changed after yesterday. No, I would say still we need to make a change. So next one's from Andy English, who isn't very well just now. So get well oh, soon, Andy. Yeah, get well, um, Andy. Not, not keeping well at all. So hopefully the, the, you start to feel a bit better soon. But he's asked, should the board of directors make a statement regarding Darren Young, whether he is the back end uh, and what sort of steps is being taken to get us out of this mess? Or should they just keep their cards close to their chest and choose to treat fans like mushrooms? Um, I don't really know that expression. Michael, no, I've, not, I've never heard that uh, expression. Gordon? Is it something to do with being fed shit? Is that the, is that the mushroom thing? Oh, maybe. I, I, I thought we were just all or maybe it's we're fun guys. guys. <laughs> That's Michael. That's why we're friends. <laughs> oh, kept, kept in the dark. Kept ah, in the dark and oh. fed shit. Yeah, yeah. That's why Gordon's the brains on the show. Absolutely. I, I think that Gordon probably is the most intelligent out of the three. Yeah. So we're well we're done, just Gordon, looking for you? the puns and then he's just if, straight in with the science. 
Absolutely. You know, that's why we are really are the Triforce. Fuck Doug, like uh, we are the Triforce. We are the yeah, we, we don't need him. Yeah, exactly. Stick your golf up your ass, Doug. Um, so, <laughs> Although, no, ha- having uh, just quickly flicked on the Ryder Cup score, I didn't know Darren Young was the team captain for Europe to uh, on this weekend. They have been absolutely hammered. It, it looks like it could finish something like 18 to 6 or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I totally when, understand. When I started that. this, Europe were ahead in a bunch of games. Flicked it over just now. They've lost the load and they're behind in another four. Golf shit anyway. So I love the Ryder Cup though. It's sport mm. and drama. That's like darts, sport and drama, sport and theatre. Ryder Cup's the same. Fair enough. I'll take your word for that. Um, John Scott Neal, who we all know and love. How are you doing, John? Um, what is the next for these five? What about the ideas of being a feeder club to an English or European team? How do we market the club? How do we accept? Uh, do we accept right now that being part time um, is an issue? Um, if Darren Young to stand down, who would we replace him with? Does it have to be male? Um, could we be oh. open minded? Um, oh, I'm not touching that one with a barge pole. Um, Yes, it has to be male, um, in my opinion. Um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, terrible, I, I, terrible misogynist, Lee. Uh, total misogynist. No, I think for me, um, I don't think that the game is ready for uh, women to manage a man's team. I think that that was something that's definitely 100% like in the future. I don't think that that's what we need now because then you become a media circus and we're already bottom of the league. Um, but anyway, that's just my humble opinion. Um, Shelly Kerr is obviously the the lady the that he's, about, he's yeah. talking about. I, I I don't know if Gordon's young enough to remember the Channel Four show, The Manageress. No, from the no. early nineties, it was about this English team that put in a a man, a female manager, and it, it ran for two series. It's really good if you can find it anywhere, watch it. But every episode was just so cliche. There was like. This episode, a player's got gambling problems. This episode, this player's gay and he's trying to hide it. It was just all, it could tick so many things, but it was entertaining and she did well. Sounds a bit like Dream Team. That was a great show as well. But um, anyway, I'm going to answer all these questions. What's next for East Fife? Sorry, Scott, but probably relegation, mate, to be honest. Um, Idea of being a feeder club, absolutely 100% not up for that in any way, shape or form. Mm. Um, That's something that I absolutely detest in football because it means that your club become a non-entity and all Mm. we would ever be. So say, for example, the first name that came to my head for some reason was Brentford. Um, you know, Brentford are like, right, okay, we're going to send you every player that we're not sure if they're any good or not, and we want them to test themselves at your level. That's just not for me, um, because then you don't get a say on whether they, they, they do or don't play, blah, 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 blah. Not, not for me, Scott, I'm afraid, sorry. This would be um, the highly successful Premier League team, Brentford. Yeah. I don't um, care about our success, though. I mean, if, if, we can be, if we can get a strategic partnership with yeah. PSG, yeah. Yeah, I, I take that young messy lad that he, he's got a lot to prove he's never done it on a cold wet night in Dumbarton yeah no. or Methyl um, how do we market the club and for me this is a really interesting point I think that at board level I would like to see some sort of change and the reason that I say that is because I don't think that we've got and, and one of the things I have noticed actually is the guy that does our marketing um, and does all like, the commercial stuff step down so this could potentially be a change that's already in the process of happening but 
I don't think we've got anybody proactively trying to bring money into the club. We just try to use the money that we're already getting and run with that. Whereas I think if we had somebody potentially on a part-time basis or a full-time basis, if we said to them, like, you know, that we'll give you a basic salary, but whatever money you bring in, we'll give you a commission off. And really incentivize that person to to go and market us, you know, like, like, right, okay, whether it's using the facilities at the ground, whether it's selling the function suite, whatever, you know, just turn us into something that's going to give us a little bit of money. Um, I know that Lee Murray tried to do that and failed fucking horribly, but, you know, there's the, there's something that we could be doing to, to be driving more money in. And you look at clubs around us, like Stenhouse Muir appointing a CEO, you know, I'm sure that he'll be doing that job full time. And that CEO did such a good job with what he's done with Stenhouse Muir, I'm sure went to Falkirk recently um, and, and Stenhouse brought in another CEO. So I think that definitely at that level, I'm not saying that any of the current board members should be moved out, but I just think there's something that we could be doing there to market the club a little bit better. Um, and that was all the answers to that question. If I could put the yeah. questions to you again, or is there anything you no, want to well, add to that? I mean, I, you've heard it here first. Lee is keen to adopt the Stenhouse Muir model of appointing a CEO. Just check the Scottish League 2 table just now. Yes, oh, join, join bottom. Yeah. Um, I'm just having a pop at you. Feeder club. It's an interesting thing which I've always been against and I wouldn't want us to be a, an official feeder club but I do like the idea of having an affiliation. There, there's a team in the Canadian Premier League from Ottawa that's got an affiliation with Atletico Ottawa. So they're owned by the Spanish club and they get some of their young talent coming over. Something like that, you would they're not own, turn your nose up. Atletico, oh, uh, Madrid, not Ottawa. The, the team's oh, called... Atletico Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're called. That's that's their actual name. The Ottawa team added Atletico to it, so they're called Atletico Ottawa. Man City, I, I Man City have the, the like team that. in Melbourne. And yes, in and they've got China the New York and... City and stuff as well, yeah. yeah. So I hate I hate that formal. It's almost like you you are a, like a proper feeder team that yeah. can yeah. get to fuck so yeah. much. But a, a proper affiliation, yeah. which, which works it? both ways as well. So if we produce a top young talent, it's like oh they let's bring him lift. over. We will have a, a week looking at you. Maybe bring you into our youth team or whatever over in and Spain. Get paid or... a pittance for it. Yeah, but you'd nah, get not... paid a pittance anyway in Scottish football. Let's be honest. It's like. No one, I mean, much, no one gives decent money for players. Yeah, I mean, how much, how much transfer profit have these five made in the past twenty years? You know, it's a, it's, it's a percentage of nothing to begin with. Um, but, yeah. but you, you come up with an affiliation with one of these biggish teams. You've got jersey sales from their hardcore fans that want to go and support mm -hmm. stuff because that's what's happened in Ottawa. It's like would, lots would, of fans from Spain have bought their jerseys and they follow them and. Would better young players maybe want to come and play for us if they thought, yeah, oh, like you know, if you come and do it, he's five. You get, you know, there's a, there's some more eyes on you. Um, you know, we might not might not necessarily make much money out of it, but would would we be more attractive? I I personally think that that question is pie in the sky because who? Oh no, it, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're we're way ahead, we're way ahead yeah. of ourselves oh, there because no, no. the Canadian I'm, Premier League's a top tier league in Canada, whereas we are in third tier in Scottish football. If, if, if we have an affiliation, it'll be with like you know, Hibs. Aye, 
Yeah. Hibs or Hearts or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's no, it's yeah. No I was going to say, we could, make, we could get an exotic club. manager, but we'd get an exotic Hibs manager. So. Yeah. I, I think that. Just he comes out of retirement to try and take us to the next level, you know. Um, but no, I, I really, really highly doubt that they're sitting in the Barcelona boardroom and they're going, you want to know what we need, lads? I know that we are financially ruined, but let's invest in a small team from a mining town in Fife in Scotland we, we and see if that up. can revitalise our fortunes. Did you get Steve Archibald to yeah. sort of mediate that? Gordon, I'm telling you right now, I would be getting a pair of bits on Stevie Archibald right now if he comes anywhere near Methyl. So let's let's not even go anywhere near that one. But FK he, Sluts. But I haven't mentioned them on the show for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could probably sluts. get on board with that one, to be honest. I could definitely get on board with that one. Um, the next questions that we had is from the Well Tracker, um, and they just seem to completely hate Scott Young. Um, they've chimed ch- uh, in on our um, ah. newsfeed a few times, but it's understandable. Oh, so yeah, I must, must give them a follow. Sounds like decent folk. <laughs> so the, the first question is, if you were Jim Stevenson, what would your next few steps be? Um, step number one, sack Darren Young. Step number two, bring some more money to the club. That's a probably nice simple one to answer would you sack Darren yes is he any better than Scott Young well obviously um, would you who would I replace him with um, Alex Ferguson um, and what is my tip for the 158 air you know don't be a fool just don't be a fool don't gamble um, so I think that a lot of those questions were tongue in cheek which is why you've received a, a tongue in cheek response well tracker um, if there any got any genuine questions for, for next week then I'll, I'll be sure to no, I think some of them were serious because it's like, I, I know, said off the top, it's not up to us to appoint it. There was some online chatter today because Dundonald Bluebell. No. Kevin Fotheringham and Lee Dare no. resigned mysteriously on Saturday night there and folk are like, oh, could we get them to come back? But then it's just back at that you know, the oh, the old boys. And I know I mentioned Greg McDonald, but at least he's got a pedigree of some sort at, at, at this sort of level, which is why I mentioned him. Mm. Um, but look, I loved Fozzie and I loved an interview with him. It was one of my favourites, to be honest. Johnny Smart, um, getting from Lockie into Bayview. Uh, Jesus, could you imagine it? You, you'd have to get a full-time translator in for his post-match interviews. Jesus. Again, I, I was going to suggest the guy that the Whitecaps just got rid of, but he's probably going to cost about half a million dollars, so maybe we don't have the budget for that. Maybe. No, but apparently we do have 150 grand sitting in our bank. Oh, well, I'm sure he would take a... For a I'll, I'll tell him, look, your chance to get into Scottish football. Which I've again, already I'm bored him sure to death talking his... about East Fife over the years when I'm just chatting to him. He's sitting in his house in Vancouver right now going... You know what I really want to do? I really want to move to Methyl. Well, he said he wanted a shot to manage in Europe, so... Hmm? Well, maybe you could get yourself as an agent, get on the phone to... to Well, we're going for a coffee soon, so I'll mention it to him. Definitely. Um, Henry Ireland saying, um, he says that the team's next year will be a lot harder um, than this year, with Kelly being a stick on to be in the league. And relegation might be a good thing. I know know no one likes being relegated, but Mm. we are where we are, and teams have ambition and cash. That's maybe a, a decent point for him, yeah. to be honest. It might be a blessing in disguise because, again, it might end up that we just get pumped every week if we stay up. But, you know... Well, we've got we... a chance of winning a, a division. Like, look at when Gary yeah. Naismith took us down, we won, and folk are like, oh, we won a championship. And it gets a buzz and a feel-good factor back around the club. It's, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world to be in League Two. Like, I know 
I was saying this to my dad, I was chatting to my dad after the game, and it's like all oh, doom and gloom. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not the end of the world. You've got to put up a shit season. Um, but, you know, as long as you don't do a breaking. Yeah, usually, that, that's yeah. always the worry. Yeah. Some cracking away games in the League Two as well. You know, get oh, yourself yeah. up. Oh, yeah. not been for ages. Yeah. Well, I've, I've never Annen. been to Annan. Yeah. Edinburgh City is another stadium I've not mm. been to. So. Oh, yeah. They're going back to Medibank. Well, they are back. Cowden. Yeah, because they're, they're sharing, with Ains, uh, sharing Ainsley Park at the moment with Spartans, but they're going back to the revamped Meadowbank. Oh, there you go. So, you know, there is some positives there um, going back if Cowden managed to stay up and go and pump them and win a couple of derbies next season. As oh, yeah, because we've done that so well over the years. Well, recently, in recent years, but if not, we stay up in our division, Dunfermline come down, Kelly come up and we'll get pumped in two derbies every game next year. So um, you've got to try and find the positives a little bit, Michael, I think. Oh, but yeah, that's... that's on the bright side of life. But that's all for our mailbag this week. Right. Now, we're getting to the bit I've been most looking forward to. And we'll, we'll do this fairly quickly because my wife is waiting to have lunch and I told her, this is going to be a quick show. You can make lunch after. She's now gone upstairs giving me looks. So we'll quickly try and get this one finished. Let's finish with Let's All Laugh At. And let's start with Lee because I know, I think I know what he's going to put forward for the vote this week. Oh, Barry Ferguson. Yes. Fashion and burning. Um, have you seen it, Gordon? Because your little face lit up there. Oh, no. no. Oh, like, let me tell the story. Swearing up to a fan, security having to pull him away from a fan who's clearly been having a go at him. Um, which, as you know, like long-term listeners of our show know how much I love and admire Barry Ferguson for, for being such a football genius. You know, he did such a great job initially with Clyde and then, you know, literally just finishing top with Kelty and getting promoted by... Uh, Homer Simpson's greatest words, D and fault, um, and then managed to get a job at Alawa and he's being hounded out. Um, you know, managed to get rid of Neil Parry, who would probably be, well, probably is still the best goalkeeper in the, the division now, probably along with Brett. Um, and yeah, fully having a, a, a square go with a fan, pretty much. And to be honest, I would fancy him to lose because he's built like the side half either. Did you see, though, that he, he came out and apologised later? Um, no. But Well, he said he should have done it in a different way. But he just said that he is he's sick to death of the negative attitude and that it's affecting the players. And he heard some very personal stuff shouted about his players from their own fans. And he said that was the line for him. He's like, I, I do actually... There's ways to do it, and that's not the way to do it, like going up and having a square go with somebody. But if your own fans are like abusing your player and it crosses a line, it is good to take a stance, but there's ways of doing it. If anybody has the technological nous to dub over Las Vegas's go square go um, to that <laughs> footage, that's got the potential to go viral. So um, if you're looking for the chance to go viral and you're clever enough to do it, there's, there's your end. Yeah, just search Barry Ferguson uh, on Twitter and it's one of the first things that will come up in the top answers that's some video from it. Go, square, go. Yeah, that'd be good. Gordon, do you have anything that can beat that that's funny? <sighs> Nothing to Not beat that. Not put your trousers back on. <laughs> to be honest, like after, after these five games, I'm just like, ugh, you know, kind of didn't bother. Ah. I, did, I did notice um, in the Lowland League that Rangers B... 
some of the, uh, they've been giving it big licks about you know beating a bunch of farmers and students and all the rest of it. But they got beat two one by Gallifrey Dean, so that was good. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm putting up against Lee. So Gordon, you can have the the casting vote as to what you think is funnier in this. So we all know about the UEFA Champions League. Over in my neck of the woods, the governing body is called CONCACAF, and they have their Champions League. So some teams, like from MLS and Mexico and stuff, they go straight into it. Other teams have to go through qualifying in something called the CONCACAF League. So it's another kind of continental thing. Think, I don't know, Europa League, but whoever, like six teams or whatever from that can go and then get into the Champions League. So there's a game between two teams that you'll never have heard of. From Suriname, enter Moenga Tope. And oh, from, I have got the jumper. Yeah, from Honduras, CD Olympia, who are quite a big team over here, but Honduras teams don't automatically get into the Champions League. So Olympia won the first leg of that game, 6-0 in Suriname. Nothing much to probably make of that, you would think. Why am I even mentioning it? Well, it turns out that in the game... The, the Suriname team is owned by the country's vice president, a guy called Ronnie Brunswick. And he is 60 years old. And because he owns the team, he decided, I want to play in this game. <laughs> so he played in the midfield for pretty much the whole game in this 6-0 defeat, in this really nice. big game that could have got his team into the Champions League. So that's not even part of it. So this guy, he's 60 years old. He is banned from travelling to Europe because he's a fugitive from Interpol, from being a bank robber, a drug kingpin. Um, He was once a guerrilla fighter. He's fathered 50 kids. He once drew a gun on opposing football players because he didn't like how the game was going. After the game, he went into the Olympia dressing room And there's video of him handing out what looks like money to the Olympia players. And then that video was quickly taken down. CONCACAF have investigated and they've now disqualified both teams from the competition for corruption. And they've banned him for three years from having any role as a player or an official in CONCACAF. So, I mean, he's still young. He can come back as a 64-year-old potentially and play but that's the kind of batshit crazy stuff that happens in Latin America over here in, in football. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you said that, I was like, Ronnie Brunswick sounds like a bank robber. That's what he actually is. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, I've got to give that to Ronnie Brunswick, yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine he comes, you're the manager of this team and Ronnie comes down and goes, oh, by the way, I'm playing. Yeah. I'm playing on I, Tuesday I'm night. Midfield what are you going maestro. to say to that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ronnie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> I'm playing today. Sure yeah. thing. <laughs> For those of you who don't see, we just kind of made uh, finger guns and things. Yeah. <laughs> because I forget sometimes um, that you guys can't see what we can it, see. But It was all, we were all, everyone was laughing about it during it. And then afterwards when the video was up of him handing out allegedly money, but definitely handing something. And folk are like, um, okay. You say Ronnie Brunswick or Willie Gray. <laughs> Uh, the official thing is it's been determined that serious breaches of integrity oh, took yeah. place after the match. Not the fact that he Not was before it, played no. during it. <laughs> oh, so that he chose basically like a Champions League qualifier. Not like, you know, 
not like a sort of challenge cup game yeah. or you know a game at the end of the season. Like, oh, this is a big matter. game. This yeah. is the biggest game I've ever played. And this 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 occasion calls for running. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. So they they won that game six 0 No, they lost six 0 <laughs> So why is he giving the money? I don't get <laughs> no it. Idea. Maybe because they let him play. I don't know. Oh, but we, we don't know it was money, I'll stress that. It could just have been fun vouchers to go and have <laughs> some some fun in Suriname before they left. I'm sure there's a Disneyland there. So yeah. maybe, also, maybe his team Mickey got dollars. a player sent off but after they were six goals down and there was no more goals after that, so I, I don't know. Maybe he had a little wager on it and won a lot of money. Who, who can say? <laughs> God. Who knows? Anyway, that, that was my fun bit to end with. So I think that's pretty much it for this week's show. I'll go let my wife get some lunch now. Before we go, any final thoughts or anything you want uh, to mention, Gordon? No, I think that's it. Gone over everything. Leave me. Well, give us a follow on the socials if you're not already at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter, at AFT in Canada for me, or at AFT in website as well. I've enjoyed this. It's kind of cheered me up. I thought it'd be all doom and gloom, but it's, it's not been too bad at all. Hopefully. At some point, we can talk about a win. If we don't win another game this season in the league, but we go on and win the Challenge Cup by beating the Rovers on the way, I would take that. Mm, not sure I would. Sorry. I've been hanging no. out with Ronnie. <laughs> it's got to me. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. We will be back soon. Until then, keep the faith, as they say. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, take care, and mon the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>